listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. The reason that I wanted to do this um, this broadcast today, I was I was thinking this morning, and uh, it just kept popping up. Good morning, Denise. It just kept popping up in my spirit. Um, that term, you know, fool. The Bible uses the term fool many times, and um, you know, we say it, it's not. You know, it's a word that we still use. It's like you know, but it's kind of funny to just be like, you're a fool. You know, but. <laughs> You know, the Bible's got a lot to say about what defines you as a foolish person. How do you identify, of course, we don't want to be fools, but how do you identify a foolish person according to Scripture? Or a better way to ask it is this. How do we avoid looking like a fool or becoming a fool from Scripture? God's looking for people that are wise. Morning, Brother Glenn. Love you. God's looking for people that are wise. And so I want to deal with these seven things because God's looking for wise people to use. He can't use fools. I mean, the Bible's clear about that. He cannot use fools. Did you know, and I'll, of course we'll talk about it and it'll make more sense. I don't want to give everything away at the, at the beginning, but God can't use foolish people. He can't even direct them according to scripture. He can't even direct them. So if he can't direct them, then he can't use them. Because we need to be, it's like if we're, the, if we're in, in the army of the Lord, right? If we're in uh, God's military, as it were, Bible teaches that, then uh, we have to be able to receive commands and carry them out. If we can't, then we're, there, we're no use to the kingdom. And that's what the Bible teaches about fools. They can't even be directed. They can't even be directed. Tyler, Tyler's bringing in the, the uh, Mr. T quotes already. I pity the fool. Um, Mr. T, by the way, still alive and is a Christian. And who knows if he has neck problems from all that gold that he's been wearing for years. You'd think his neck would be like this by this time. But he is a Christian. His name's Terry something. And my dad still retweets him, I think. I still see it come up on Twitter. when He's like rooting for you. He's, he's a Christian, Mr. T. We'd like to get him. Tiff, looking to get him on, on the broadcast. We can do a part two of this. Can you contact him? Mr. T. Now, you don't know who Mr. T is? Are you serious? Guys, Tiffany doesn't know who Mr. T is. I can't believe this. Somebody post a picture of him in the comments. Anyway, uh, he pities the fool, and so we do need his sound bite, Caitlin. <laughs> we can get him on. Um, but we're going do- to talk about this. Obviously, if you go to the book of Proverbs, Did you know that the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, was created uh, for what purpose? The first proverb uh, actually tells us why these collection of Proverbs uh, were written. And you know what it says? It says uh, they were written so that we could know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, wise dealing. Look at this. Um in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, so let the wise hear them also and increase their learning. 
And the one who understands obtains guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So uh, that's, that's a good place to begin because once you recognize that these proverbs are collected and inspired by the Holy Spirit, notice that it's for young people to gain wisdom and understanding. It's for fools, but it's also, notice it's not just for them, it's also for the wise to increase their learning. So I thought that's interesting. It's for, it's for young people to have instruction and to gain understanding. It's for fools to listen to and hear and learn from, but it's also for the wise. And one of the things that you'll, um, one of the things that'll help you, and I'm, I'm getting this way, the more I study, the more I learn, the more I read, the more you realize you just don't know. The more you realize you don't know. And um, that's, a, that's a place of humility to be. That's, that's the first part of Proverbs, Mary Beth. Proverbs 1, 2 through 7. That's, that's where I was, that's the purpose of Proverbs. Pro, Proverbs 1, 2 through 7. So it's like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. The more you learn, the more you realize, man, uh, I've got a lot to learn. And that's a place of humility, obviously. Um, but are you doing what the Bible says so that you don't remain a fool? And obviously these are actions. What we're getting ready to teach today, these are actions that you can see somebody take. And it's like, that is straight up foolish according to the Bible. That is straight up foolish according to scripture. And so, um, oh, we're looking forward to having you, Joanne. She said, looking forward to visiting your church only a couple hours south of me. I think, Joanne, you should move a couple hours south and just be a part of it. It's going to be great. Um, but since we know that, I'm going to give you the majority of these from Proverbs, one from the book of Psalms, and especially a very important one from the book of Psalms. But um, I, want you to, I want you to look at these with me. And obviously, uh, th- that just gave us the first one right there. Um, which is number one, what defines someone as a fool? Well, according to Proverbs chapter one, the very first one is uh, that they despise discipline or wisdom and instruction. That's number one. They despise discipline, wisdom, and instruction. Morning, Julie. Morning, Brother Rodney. You see that? Put it in the comments. Number one, fools despise discipline, wisdom, and instruction. We'll pray, Teresa, at the end of this broadcast. That's number one. What defines you as a fool? Number one, fools despise discipline, wisdom, and instruction, according to Scripture. Let me read this again, Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so that's number one. Uh, and by the way, if you're looking for the reference for that third thing, discipline, it's Proverbs 15.5. Proverbs 15.5. Let me read that to you. A fool despises his father's instruction. Some of these are funny. Uh, when I was reading them today, I was reading them from the ESV and from the, uh, the New Living Translation. And so, listen to this. Well, you'll, you'll see, it just make, it'll make you laugh. One of these is going to really make you laugh. I was like, what? I've never heard it said like that. But that's why I like the NLT. It, it says it in kind of like modern day language for people to just immediately grab it. But only, this is the NLT, 
Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. So that's what a fool hates. A fool despises wisdom, instruction, and discipline. Hates it. And that is, that is, um, that is really so clear. You know, someone's like, you can't tell me anything. There's people that live their life that way. I mean, you try to just give them a little bit of uh, instruction. You're not even trying to like discipline them or correct them. Just trying to give them a suggestion, trying to give them a little bit of instruction to help them. I mean, put your hand up if you ever dealt with somebody like that. And it's like, you can't tell me, who do you think you are telling me how to do this? I mean, people get, they get ticked off quickly. That's foolish. It's foolish to reject instruction. It's foolish to reject uh, correction and definitely uh, foolish to reject discipline. And this is like right off the bat. This is a, a clear marker for somebody that the Bible says is a fool. Did you know there's portions of the scripture here? Um, that will tell us, and you can read, that's why it's so good to daily read through the book of Proverbs. You know, read a proverb a day, you'll read the book of Proverbs every month. But um, fools hate instruction, hate correction, hate discipline, but wise people, the Bible says wise people actually seek it out. Wise people actually seek it out. So uh, one of the things that I've tried to employ, knowing this from a younger age, I've tried to employ this by if I've ever met somebody that I know is like beyond me, uh, you know, in, in what I do, a minister, somebody that's, that's gone where I want to go, been where they are where I want to be, uh, I'll sit down with them. You know, the last thing I want to do is tell them all about me. I want to find out what they know, right? Because the first, the first thing you understand is I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know. And see, if young people especially could get that in their mind, like I... I need to know more than what I know, and I need to gain that knowledge. You know what that means? I'm going to go looking for knowledge. I'm going to go looking for wisdom and understanding. I'm going to go seek it out. Wise people do that. They're seeking out wisdom and knowledge. And so when I'd sit down with somebody that I know, and I still do it today. You know, I'm 40, but I did this when I was 20. And uh, I'd sit down with people, and man, I would just, penetrating questions, penetrating questions. How did you do this? How do you do that? What, 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 what's your advice on this? And, and what I'll do still to this day, I'll say, you know what? <clears throat> what would you change? You know what I'm looking for? Some correction, some direction. And the thing is, if it's a wise person, you do have to get it out of them. Because wise people are not just randomly correcting everybody. They're not just, because you know why? They know that for a lot of people, it's in one ear, out the other, bounces right off their head. So it's like a waste of their breath, a waste of their time to even give instructions to people that are foolish because those people, they won't make use of it. They won't make use of it. So what am, what am I doing? I'm seeking out wisdom, correction, discipline. Why? I want to get uh, better. I want to go further. I want to I want to fly higher, right? And so you do that through imparted wisdom, imparted wisdom. But you have to be humble enough, right, to receive instruction, correction, discipline. You got to be humble enough to receive instruction, correction, and discipline. So I would just, you know, I would, I would talk to them and then I'd say, hey, uh, if you could, t and then you guys know this, I did a whole podcast on this, that I would ask, and I still ask this, if you could go back and tell the 20-year-old, then I'd get older. The 30-year-old, now I'm 40. 40-year-old 40 version of yourself. Anything 
Uh, what would you tell the 40-year-old version of yourself? And I listen because I want to know. You know, I don't want to have to wait till I'm 80 to know these things. I want to know them now so that I can uh, make those changes or do whatever it is that they're instructing me to do. What would you say to your 40-year-old self? And go back and, and, and they'd say, this is what I, would, I think this is what I would say. When I ask those questions, especially at the beginning, so interesting to me that so many of those answers were the same. They were like, you know, find out what God wants you to do, the one thing, your purpose, and only do that. Don't pursue other things. I got that answer so many times, it blew my mind from people that didn't even know each other. And they'd say, find out the thing God wants you to do and only do that thing and do it with everything you've got. I'd get that answer so much. I'd get that answer all the time. I wrote it down. I thought about it, meditated on it. Look at what the word said about it and understood how important uh, vision and direction are. And so fools despise discipline, wisdom, and instruction, but wise people seek it out. If you're going to be a wise person, you have to seek it out. You've got to be looking. Uh, you know, we have uh, terms. You know, even in the business world, we have terms that they're there for a reason. It's not just cliche. They do have a very fundamental, fun, fundamental meaning behind them. Like, for, the, like for example, uh, leaders are readers. That's something you might hear if you've ever... Uh, if you've been in the business world, or maybe not, but you've heard that phrase before, leaders are readers. Well, what is that talking about? Those that lead others are constantly building their knowledge, building their wisdom, right? Being corrected by the knowledge of others or the knowledge of the word, right? So what are we doing? Seeking wisdom out. I, I gotta go, I gotta get, and, 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 and this is why I think I, I really need to write this book on, because uh, we've done it, I've, I've referenced it so many times, but that, that message that I gave you guys on the five areas of your life that you must master, the five areas of your life that you must master, because one of those is the mental life, and you are required to seek out knowledge. Yes, you have the mind of Christ. Yes, you have supernatural ability that unbelievers don't have, but on top of that, you have to remember it's your responsibility to build that knowledge. You have a responsibility to seek it out, to gain it, to let it take root in you. And of course, the Bible says in Proverbs 1 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So what does that mean? The things that God has told you to do, obeying those, that's the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. There's nothing more wise than obeying God's word, right? There's nothing more wise than obeying God's word. So number one, uh, fools cannot deal with, with instruction, correction, and discipline. Fools cannot deal with that. They cannot receive it. Don't be that person that can't be taught anything, that can't be told anything. But also, don't be that person that gets out of school and then you don't, you don't ever study ever again in your life. You know, that's why we're trying to build it up even with people in the Victory Tribe uh, with things like Bible study made simple and Miracle Word University. We don't want you to get out of high school, get out of college, and then completely stop learning as a believer. You should continually be learning. You should be continually pressing in for more wisdom, more knowledge. And do you know if you feel like you lack that, then the Bible says in the book of James, if any of you lacks wisdom, James 1.5, this is one of the ways, if any of you lacks wisdom, 
Let, it, let him ask God, who will give to all men liberally and won't rebuke you for asking. Will not rebuke you for asking. And so, number one, fools despise wisdom, instruction, discipline, correction. They hate it, but wise people seek it out. That's number one. Um, number two, pop over with me to uh, uh, Proverbs 10 and look at this. Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, I'm going to read you verse 18. Another sign of a fool, according to Scripture. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 18, this is number two, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips, but look at this, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Whoever utters slander is a fool. So when, if you slander others, that makes you, according to scripture, a fool. Slandering others. In case people don't know the exact definition, listen. The action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. Listen to that. The action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. Slander, saying, uh, or what the Bible says in the Ten Commandments, bearing false witness against your brother. Bearing false witness, that's slander. Saying things that are untrue, spreading rumors. So here's something that obviously fools do, but let me tell you why it's so dangerous, even to gossip, right? Uh, Gossip is so dangerous. I dealt with this again in the book Further Faster, uh, why it's so important to not just honor people with your lips, but also honor them from your heart is because when you gossip about somebody, you are in danger of slander. You're in danger of bearing false witness because here's the, here's the question. Do you even know for sure, 100% sure that what you're saying about that person is true? Do you even know that it's true? Because here's the deal. You might have gotten it as secondhand knowledge from somebody else. Did you hear what's going on with so-and-so? Did you hear what's happened with him? And then you're repeating it. But here's the question. Here's what I asked previously. If you were brought into a courtroom and you were being asked on the stand, is this true? Could you personally produce evidence that the thing you're saying about a person is true? If not, you are in danger of slander and bearing false witness against your brothers or sisters. And that's, a, that's something that God commands us not to do. That's in the Ten Commandments. So, and think about it, even in the New Testament law of love, if you love somebody, you're not going to slander them, right? You're not going to spread rumors that are lies about their life to damage their reputation. So you're in danger of slandering others. Well, the Bible says oh, fools slander people. Wise people do not do that. Wise people hold their tongue. Wise people don't gossip. Wise people do not tell lies. Wise people don't slander people's character and damage their reputation. What do wise people do? Build others up. Wise people don't slander. They're building others up. They're protecting people's reputations, right? A wise person is protecting the reputation of someone else. Remember, everything you're doing is a seed that you're sowing. Everything that goes out from your life is a seed that you're sowing into your own life. 
Let me get that into you again. Everything that goes out from your life is a seed that you're sowing into your own life. Everything. And so even the words you speak about others, right? Even the way you treat others, no matter what it is, if it's going out from your life, it is a seed. And whatsoever a man or woman sows, not just finances, whatsoever they sow, that's what they're going to reap. So if you're, you're a person that talks about people all the time, people are going to talk about you. If you're a person that's uh, uh, mean to people all the time, and you're that's treating people poorly, that's how you're going to be treated. Because it's a harvest that you're reaping from seeds you've sown, right? And so slander is something the Bible very clearly defines as foolish, fools. So I've said this. That's right, Leslie said, if someone tells me something about someone, I immediately think uh, and wonder what they're saying about me when I'm not around. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And two things I want to say about that. Number one, you should be uh, not a river of information. You should be the dam. Think about that. You should be the dam. Even if somebody may try to tell you something like that, it hits you and stops with you. It hits you and stops with you, right? Somebody shares something they shouldn't have shared or tells, starts slandering somebody else to you. It should stop with you. And I'm sure many of you have had that happen and you've just stopped the person and said, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that about that person. But um, <laughs> you are the dam. It stops with you. It comes and stops right there. You're not a river that it's going to flow through to other people, right? That's right. Say that, Rachel. Don't be the river of information. Be the dam. Yes, let it stop. And I know there's, there's many of you, I'm sure, that if that's, if that's the way people are, you've, you've just excused yourself from the conversation. Because I, I'm sure that's how the Victory Tribe is. Just excuse yourself. I, I, I don't have time to sit around and just slander other people. Yeah, Julie said, some, someone came to me to talk about someone and I stopped him and said, hold on, let me get this other person and, and get this solved right now. The conversation stopped immediately. You better believe it. But see, Julie was doing what the Bible says to do. And that's truly how a wise person should be. If you, the Bible says, if you have something against your brother or sister, right, what do you do? You don't tell other people about it. You go to them personally and privately, according to scripture. If I've got an issue with my brother or my sister, I'm going to go to them first and privately speak with them about this issue that I have. Or if we have something against each other, there's something between us. Let's get it solved. But here's the problem. If they won't receive you, the Bible says, then you go back to them with two or three others that are witnesses. Obviously, two or three others that are in the body of Christ. Why? We're trying to resolve the issue and come back into unity and fellowship. And then if they won't receive you and the witnesses, the brothers and sisters you've brought with you, then the Bible says, get the church involved. Right? But none of those steps is done behind their back. Right? None of those steps is done behind their back. You go to meet with them. You and two others or three others go to meet with them. If that's not solving it, you go with the leaders of the church and deal with it. And you deal with it. Why? But if the person won't hear you, they won't receive correction, they won't, then, then you can just, you know, 
as the Bible says, remove them from fellowship. Because they obviously have something where they want to be in contention with other people. They want to be in that place of uh, uh, drama and it's, it's terrible. It, it, spreads like a, it spreads like a virus through the body of Christ if you allow it to remain. That's why you cut it off. You cut it off quickly. See, because the devil loves division. He loves to divide the body of Christ with stupid stuff. Some people, it's the smallest thing, smallest thing, but they'll, they'll hold on to it for, you know, three years. Well, I'll tell you what, back in 2020, so-and-so said this about me and my family. And I'm, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't, it's like, why are you still talking about it three years later? Get it right in your heart. And I've dealt with this too. Somebody can offend you, but being a, you know, they can commit an offense, but you being offended is your own choice. Somebody can commit an offense against me, but me being offended is my own choice. And so you have to make a decision. Yes, they made a mistake. I'm not going to be offended. But fools just go around slandering everybody. Slandering. They are the river of information. Did you hear what happened with so-and-so? Oh, let me just tell you so you can pray for them better. Uh, and it's always like disguised like that. You know, well, if you don't know how to pray for them, let me, just, let me just tell you a couple of things that are going on just to be in agreement. It's like they just really want to tell you <laughs> what's going on in someone's life. That's right, Katrina. That's exactly right. That's why I said excuse yourself from the conversation because she said a lot of times if you sit and listen, you can get blamed for agreeing or even being the person who said it, so it's better to walk away and not be around it at all, which is exactly right. You can excuse yourself and say, yeah, I, I, I have to go. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny, uh, but when, as Julie said, when you treat it as serious as it is, it shuts it right down. It shuts it right down. You, know, you, you can be free to tell people like, I, I, don't, I don't have any desire to hear that. You can just tell them. <laughs> yeah, let me stop you right there. I don't have any desire to know any of that. I don't want to know any of it. Right? You can start right there. And pe- people aren't used to hearing that because like so many people want to hear other people talked about. I don't know if it's insecurity or they, they just want to feel better about themselves or they're just straight fools. But you can just straight up say, you know what, I, let me stop you right there. I'm not interested in hearing any of that about them. I don't want, it's not my business. I don't want to know about it. You know, I, don't, don't tell me any more about it. I don't want to hear it. And, that, and you're going to have to just be able to do that. You're just going to have to be able to do that because uh, it will happen. I mean, I probably, if I, you don't have to put your hand up, but if I asked for a showing of hands in the comments, I, there's probably tons of hands within the last 30 days, you've had people come up to you to tell you things about other people. Oh, did you hear what happened with uh, Penny Golden? I just say that because, you know, she, she was the last person to comment. Did you hear what happened with Penny Golden? Let me tell you about Penny, what's going on with Penny in, in her life. It's like, I guarantee it, if you lifted your hand, there's probably, in the last 30 days, probably all of you have had somebody come to you and say something about someone else. Just say, hey, let me stop you right there. Um, I love Penny, but I, I'm not interested in, in hearing any of that stuff. I, I don't want to hear about it. It's not my business. Uh, you know, let's just, let's just pray for her, whatever, and believe God that, you know, he'll work it out. But I don't want to know any more about that. It's not, it's, not my, it's not my business. So that shuts it down, makes you a wise person versus a foolish person. Because you know what foolish people, oh, give me the, give me the, what's the, give me the whole story. You know, people get all, oh, girl, let me tell you something. It's like, it's, you need to chill out. You need to st- just chill out. 
And, and so don't receive slander. Don't receive, uh, you know, people, they don't even know if they're bearing false witness because they can't even prove the things they're saying. Hey, Pastor Stan Pody, love you. And so uh, fools slander, but wise people, they are a dam. They do not let that information pass through them and they shut it down. I don't want to hear it. I have no desire. And if they have something against their brother or sister, they go to them directly and they get it solved. They get it solved. They come back into fellowship. They come back into uh, unity once again. Unity brings strength. Division destroys any body of believers. It destroys them. That's why the devil tries to slip it in so much because he knows what it does. He knows what it does. So number one, Fools despise discipline, instruction, and correction. Number two, they slander others. Let's go to uh, chapter 12, Proverbs 12, uh, verse 16. Proverbs 12, 16. Number three, foolish people are what? Quick-tempered. Quick-tempered. Put that in. It's number three. Foolish people are quick-tempered. Let me read this to you. The ESV is a little bit more. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but a wise man listens to advice. The vexation of a fool is known at once. Well, say, what does that mean? I don't use that word vexation anymore. Well, let me read it to you from the NLT. The Bible says, um, In the 16th verse, here's the New Living Translation. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. That's the NLT. A wise person ignores an insult. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. So so there you go. A a fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when they're insulted. Amen. And of, of course, all of us have to deal with this. Remember, all of these things that come against us, we have to take control and use the fruit of the Spirit. Every person that's a Christian has to do that. It's not like preachers are exempt. I myself have to employ the fruit of the Spirit. I have to choose. I'm talking about me. I have to choose to walk in love, joy. People think like, man, you become a preacher and all those things just automatically function in your life. They don't automatically function. I've met plenty of preachers that over the years have just become bitter against people, become angry with people. You know, they, they, don't, they don't walk in the fruit of the Spirit and it destroys their own life. It affects their health. It, it affects their mental state, affects their children. Why? Because they just get uh, ex- extremely... Uh, they get extremely bitter over, over the years of what's happened. Dominico says, Evangelist Ted, are you not quick-tempered with a religious spirit? Well, there's a difference uh, between righteous indignation and being angry in this sense or in this form, uh, being insulted, right? Somebody comes and insults you or does something against you and you just get mad uh, at a person. There's a difference between that And having righteous indignation about things that are against God's kingdom, like Jesus going into the temple, flipping over the tables, beating the the money changers out of the temple because they were doing what? Turning God's house into a den of thieves, cheating people out of their money that just wanted to give a, a sacrifice unto God. 
which they should have been able to do, but these people were adding on to what they should have been paying. And so Jesus, who never sinned, in his righteous indignation, put an end to it. But that's different than people who slandered him and people who um, insulted him, right? What about even at his crucifixion? And he didn't give them an answer, not even one answer. And so uh, fools are quick-tempered, but wise people stay calm when they receive an insult, right? They stay calm. It's the whole story of I'm, how you treat me is never going to define how I treat you. Good morning, Hunter. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And so um, that, that quick-tempered nature, you know, it has to be curbed. Because if you live your life like that, man, and it's something that, you know, everyone has to work on. Everybody does. Everybody does. Because uh, your flesh nature wants to get angry. Quickly and immediately, wants to get angry, but you have to use the fruit of the Spirit. And again, all of us are doing it, including myself. Self-control, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control. Those nine things that Paul lists in Galatians chapter 5, he says there's no law against these things. And that's true. I call them the personality traits of Jesus Christ. And that's, and that's how we're supposed to be. But a quick-tempered person. So if you can identify that in your life and say, you know what? That is me. I am always quick-tempered. I am always lashing out. I am always fighting back. People say, well, you, you know, if you don't, and, and I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to you about this quickly. You hear people in our generation be like, you know, if you, don't, you don't really love me for me. You want me to change. But that's just who I am. I tell people exactly what I think. I tell people how I feel. And I don't care if you, if you don't like it, then you're, you don't need to be my friend. But see, that's not, a Christian should never be that way or say those things because we don't have the right to be the person who says whatever they want, does whatever they want. Remember this, we don't belong to us. We belong to Jesus who purchased us with his blood. And now we are servants of God, slaves of God, the Bible says. And so we don't have the right, uh, the Bible says we're not our own. We were bought with a price, right? The price is Jesus' blood. And so we don't have the ability or the right to just say, I'll just say whatever I want. Well, no, you can't say whatever you want. Not according to the Bible. You can't slander others. You can't be quick-tempered, uh, right? So you, you look at these things and you start to realize, oh, I now have to align myself with God's word and conform myself by what? Now, this is a scripture we used at the beginning of the year, because what is this? Our year of transformation. It's our year of transformation. And so let's read one more time what the Bible says. Here's really the, the truth of it. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I said this, I said it a lot at the beginning of the year. I'm saying it again now. If you don't transform, you will conform. That would be something good to write in the comments again. If you don't transform, you will conform. Do not be conformed to this world or the spirit of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That's right, sissy. The keeping it real, people. I just keep it real. I just say what I feel. I just say what I think. 
If you can't deal with that, maybe you shouldn't be my friend. No, you're just operating in your flesh. If you don't transform, you will conform. So here's what I'm talking about. The, just remember this, the default, if you just went with the flow of life, the default is fool. Everyone would be a fool by default if they just did what they felt like doing. That's the whole point. Everybody is a fool by default until you take the steps necessary to not do the easy thing, to not do the thing that you are prone to do and to do the thing that the Bible says to do, right? And so it's fool by default, it's wisdom by discipline. And I, I refuse. You have to refuse it and say, no, no, I'm not going to be that person. It's easy to be that person. Well, of course it is. If it was easy to be the wise person that receives all the blessings, everybody would do it. Everybody would have those things. Everybody would be blessed. Right? That's a very good point. Uh, Katrina says, all Christians should pray for wisdom. That's what I was uh, quoting earlier on the broadcast, James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who will give to all liberally and not rebuke for asking. Uh, wisdom stops and thinks and knows exactly how to respond and act in every situation. This is why I pray every day. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, and we should pray for wisdom. The Bible tells us so. And we should, absolutely. And the Bible says we should pray for it, and the Word gives us wisdom. So those things combined will put you on the right path, but then... You've got to use self-control to make those things come to pass. Exactly right. Krista Yesta says, sounds like 2008 Christian band name, Fool by Default. Put your hands together for Fool by Default. Drums play. It does sound like a, a band. Uh, but if you don't transform, you will come form. And so quick-tempered people, that's a sign of foolishness. Because what happens? Before you know it, your quick temper causes you to do something that you what? Regret later. You then regret it later. And that's exactly what happens. Look at, uh, go over to the 15th proverb. Proverbs 15, 14. This is a funny one too in the New Living Translation. But let me read to you Proverbs 15, 14 um, in the ESV first. And then I'll read it to you in the New Living Translation. Listen to this. Uh, the Bible says, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge. So that's what I talked about at the beginning, seeking out knowledge. But look at this. But the mouth of fools, the mouths of fools, feed on folly. The mouths of fools feed on folly. Listen to the New Living Translation. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. The fool feeds on trash. In fact, I want you to write that down. I want you to write it in the comments. Fools feed on trash. Fools feed on trash. Fools feed on trash. So what else defines you as a fool? That you're not hungry for knowledge. That's Proverbs 15, 14. Gina. And that's the New Living Translation. Fools feed on trash. Let's break that down. What does it mean that you're not hungry for knowledge, but you feed on trash? 
Or as the ESV says, they feed on folly or foolishness. Um, There's a lot of things that could quickly take up our time, but they don't build wisdom and understanding in our lives. And there's there's nothing wrong with having times of entertainment in your life. Obviously not. But what you'll find, especially in 2023, is that there are so many things that will quickly steal your time And then before you know it, you don't even have time to uh, feed on or be hungry for and feed on knowledge and wisdom. So let me me just give you some practical examples of what I'm talking about. Just by a raising of your hands, no condemnation, this is a safe place. But how many by a raising of your hands, you've sat down maybe after a long day's work or whatever and you just had your phone in your hand and you fell into either Facebook, I don't know what Facebook calls them, Reels, uh, Instagram reels, TikTok, or whatever, and you're just laughing and scrolling at the different things and just flipping one after the other and watching these reels. And then you look down and, you know, 45 minutes to an hour has passed. You just kind of there, got stuff going on in the background, and you're just, you know, flipping through, laughing, and you're just, you know, I need my rest. I just worked all day. A lot of us. And it's actually quite amazing how fast time can go by in stuff like that. It's, it's, Ryan said, never, I am highly disciplined. (laughs) I'm so proud of you, Ryan. So, so proud. So, I mean, the reels hit, the TikTok hits, and you're just sitting there and laughing and, you know, each like, oh, that's crazy. Can I show you this? This, Have you seen this? This is nuts. And and it's true. Uh, And and nothing wrong with that stuff, like obviously in moderation or whatever, but YouTube shorts is the same. But like, what happens, what happens when you look down and like an hour has passed? But, but here's, here's what I want to get across to you. Um, have you been hungry for wisdom today? Right? So the question becomes, well, have you read any Bible today? And I know this, this sounds like, like you know, I, I laugh because I say this stuff, it sounds youth groupy. But I mean, this is like Christianity 101. Are you hungry for knowledge and wisdom and understanding? Have you read any Bible today whatsoever? Do you even have a plan to read the Bible? Are you on a reading plan? Do you know what you have to read today, right? Do you even know, have you sketched out the plan of what you're reading for February? Have you sketched out your yearly plan? If you even have one, do you? Or do you just go month by month? Or do you know have no plan? Have you read any Bible today? Here's the other thing. Um, You'll find that a lot of people that are not doing well, and this is statistically proven now, Dave Ramsey got slammed for sharing these statistics, People that are not successful, a large majority of them don't do any reading after they get out of school, even for their uh, career or their job. But wealthy people, successful people, they keep on reading, they keep on studying, they keep on learning after college. They read every day. They're always reading something, always learning something. So the question being, have you read any Bible today? Number two, are you seeking out actual knowledge are you reading to learn things, to get to grow, to get, to get better, right? Are you building wisdom and knowledge in your life? Or, as the Bible says here, are you feeding on trash? Are you feeding on trash? And I'm not saying this to condemn you, but to shock your mind into thinking and looking at your life introspectively and saying, hold on, when was the, and that's why I need to get this book out the door, I really do, on the five areas of your life you have to master, because these things take discipline to master them. And I'll say this, any area of your life that you don't master will master you. 
So those five areas are spiritual, mental, physical, financial, and relational. Spiritual, mental, physical, financial, relational. And if you and I think you already put the link up for that that broadcast in the comments. You can scroll back if you need it. But if you don't master any one area of the of your life in those five areas, those areas will master you. You can be uh, strong spiritually and and mentally and whatever, and your finances, you've never mastered them, and so they master you. You're always in debt. You're always behind. You're always paycheck to paycheck and all these things. What's the problem? Well, you've got a great spiritual life, but you've not mastered your financial life. Your relationships are in disarray. Why? You didn't master relationships properly, so they're mastering you. And this uh, this is exactly what needs to be dealt with. And this is what happens here. Are you making choices and taking steps to take control of the mental area of your life and in your time, or, or are, you feeding, are, are you feeding on trash? And I'll tell you, life goes quickly, man. Life goes very quickly. And there's not time to just mess around. If you're going to do what you're called to do, it takes, I mean, like, you know, it, it takes the true management of your time to, to, to if you understand how important you are, to the kingdom. If you understand how important you are, and that's maybe that's the issue. Maybe people don't understand how important they are, but you are important. Your life matters. Your calling matters. Your purpose matters, but maybe people don't understand how important they are, you know? And, and if they don't, then they'll just act like, oh, whatever I do, it's, you know, it's not important what I do. I'm just, an, you know, if you think about yourself that way, you will be lax, You'll be very lax with your time management because you think what you do doesn't really make that big of a difference. But when you realize how important your life is, how vital your life is in the kingdom, then let me tell you something. You will start looking at your time very differently. I saw they were selling something online for people to just keep this in front of their face. It's, it's like if you've ever seen like a, a full body mirror, it, it's a framed picture that's that same height, like your full body that goes on the wall of your office. And it's just dots that you fill in. Um, They say that the average person, and this is just an average, I'm not speaking outside of faith that you won't live to 120 years or any of that stuff. But they say that just the average person lives to be around 80 years old, right? 80 years old. And that's 4,000 weeks, by the way, if I'm correct in my math, that's 4,000 weeks. So they have one of these things that you hang on the wall of your office and you fill in the circles for all the weeks you've already lived. And then you, what it does is every time you look over at it, it gives you a, an immediate visual of relatively, I mean, I'm not like saying you're going to die, but it, relatively how much time productively that you have left. How much time? Because let me tell you, you may live to, to that, that age or whatever, but like how many people do you know that are like 87, that are still in their producing years, that are like still producing stuff and blowing and going and get, you know, starting businesses and make, how many, that's a small percentage of people that are like 85, 87 and still crushing it. So you look at that and you look over and you're like, dude, if I looked at that over there on the wall today, you're like half of my circles are colored in. I got half my circles are black and the, and the remaining are white. And you realize like I'm halfway through, I'm halfway through. And what am I doing? What have I done? Where am I going? What am I doing with my life? 
you know, I, I may do a broadcast. I'm, I'm like thinking about this right now because I know it would be, it would seem like a depressing broadcast, but it's not depressing. It's actually motivational. But I may, I may deal with, at some point, I was talking to Alex about this, and it's like a heavy conversation. Carolyn was laughing at us. But I may deal with, with Solomon's thoughts in Ecclesiastes, you know, that, you know, life is meaningless if you're not doing what the Lord's asked you to do. You know, it's like, it, it, life can be meaningless. You know, you go through like, okay, good. You work a job, you have a career for 50 years, and then you retire, and then you get to spend money and go on some cruises and play pickleball and golf for, you know, 15 more years, and then you die. What was the point of all that? What was the point of your life? You start to realize, like Solomon, the wisest man, that it was all meaningless. It's all vanity, right? Except for what the Lord wants you to do, because those have eternal outcomes, eternal outcomes. Thank you for Pastor Stan. Love you. So... Uh, the reason I'm, I'm kind of harping on this is because you, life goes quickly, man. Life goes quickly. And, and you look back, I mean, I was saying to Alex, I was like, dude, w- when you're older like I am, because Alex is, uh, what, 18? Alex is 18. I'm 40. And we were just in Orlando together with the family. And um, I said to Alex, I was like, you know, you're 18. You just got out of high school. I said, but I'm 40. But to me, Time compresses when you get older, and it doesn't seem like, I don't look back and I'm like, man, it's been over two decades since I've been in high school. The way it feels, and anybody that's my age or older uh, can, can attest to this, you don't look and say, man, it's been, it feels like it's been two and a half decades since I was in high school. It doesn't feel like that. Time compresses, and you feel like, man, you know, um, it just feels like it was a few, like a few years ago that I was in high school. It feels like a few years ago that I was in college. It wasn't a few years ago. It was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, two decades ago. Doesn't feel like that at all. Feels like, yeah, it was just a couple years ago. It's like, dude, do you realize? Because you talk to people, it's like, let me remind you of something. The year 2000, because you're like, oh, remember, the, remember 2000? Remember the, the turning of the, all that in the millennium? So yeah, that was 23 years ago, dude. 23 years ago. It wasn't yesterday. It wasn't a couple years ago. We were watching, it's funny, we'll watch movies and you're like, like when did this come out? We watched a James Bond movie last night. It was like, what year was this? And you look at it, it was like 2006. You're like, yeah, when you look at the movie, though, you don't think like, oh, that, that's, that's like an old movie. It's like, yeah, it doesn't feel like an old movie. But man, that movie came out, you know, 17, 18 years ago. And you don't think of it like that. But like time compresses when you get older. Yeah, it's like Leslie said, for real, I, th- I, I think 10 years ago was the 90s. It's, that's how you feel. So you remember like a decade ago when we were in the 90s and we were all wearing, it's like, no, I don't. That's 30 years ago. <laughs> that was 30 years ago. You know, you turn on Friends and you think Ross and Rachel and all that was, that was you know, it was, just, it was just a few years ago when Friends was on. It's like, no, Friends was on 30 years ago. <laughs> so it, it blows your mind. You know, time is flying by. And if you're not careful, you'll, you'll let it blow right by you and not do what God's called you to do. That's why if you don't think your life is important, and let me just say something, your life is important. I don't care. I don't care what people have told you. I don't care how you grew up. I don't care about any of that. Your life is important. Your life is vital in the kingdom. But if you don't view your life as vital, then you just let your time fly by you and you don't take control of it. And before you know it, time's gone. Time's gone. So fools feed on trash. 
That's a danger for those of us that are called to be wise. We should feed on knowledge and wisdom and be ever increasing, ever increasing in Jesus' name. Let me give you three more before we pray. Go to uh, the 10th proverb, Proverbs 10, and we'll go to uh, the 23rd verse. Proverbs 10, 23. And let's see what this says. This is number five. Proverbs 10, 23, listen to this. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Listen to the New Living Translation. Doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. So uh, foolish people, they don't care. They don't care about anything in their life. They just don't care. It's fun for them. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, they were like, talking about, you know, and and I honestly have to believe that people who talk like this about hell don't believe there's a hell. But you know, when you hear people talk about it, like, yeah, you know, I know there's a, there's a stairway to heaven, but let me tell you, there's a highway to hell. And I'm, I'm tell you what, buddy, everybody knows where I'm at. I'm headed to hell. I'm on my way to hell. You know, people say that stuff all the time. People, people that are not saved, they talk like that. I know there's some people going to heaven, but me and my buddies all be partying in hell. You know, it's like you obviously don't know what hell is or you don't believe that it's real. Like to to talk like that. You either don't know what it is or you don't believe it's real. But there's people that talk like that. Like it's like it's going to be a party. Just like people rejoice in, in, as the Bible says, doing wrong is fun for a fool. So that defines their life, defines their life. And they think it's they think it's a big joke. They think it's fun. And let me tell you, the Bible does say that it has pleasure for a season, but the end thereof is death. So you, you end up seeing people that are foolish, they, they take no thought. They don't care. They don't care. You know, I look at that and you think, you ever seen these shows on TV where it's like, uh, it shows like dumbest criminals in America? Number four was, people are asking what was number four. Um, Fools feed on trash. That was number four. Fools feed on trash rather than knowledge. Number four, fools feed on trash rather than knowledge. Number one, fools slander. Number two, fools are quick-tempered. Number three, fools despise discipline. I put that one first, but that's number three on my list. Number four, fools devour trash. They eat trash rather than knowledge. And number five, they love doing wrong or they have fun doing wrong. They don't care about it. I wonder when I watch those dumbest criminals in America, I wonder like how many of those people do you think started like on a dare? Like you won't do it. You know, I I wonder people do dumb stuff. They do dumb stuff. And you look at how dumb people are that do some of these crimes. Have you ever seen these guys that go into like a 7-Eleven with a shotgun and then like, you know, they're like holding it up and then they put the shotgun on the register to grab some more stuff. And the guy that's behind it just grabs it and point. it's like, you're dumb. You have no business leading a life of crime. That's how dumb you are. Like you, you literally have no business leading a life of crime. I would pick another profession. I mean, it's like, you're that dumb. And they don't, it's like for them, it's fun. It's a sign of foolishness. According to scripture, it's a sign of foolishness. Here's one that might be um, convicting because we understand uh, in America what the statistics are. But here's number six. 
Number six says this, and I'm in uh, Proverbs 21, 20. Proverbs 21, 20. I'll read it from both. Again, I'll read it from both translations. Let me read it to you from the ESV. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Listen to the New Living Translation. Uh, Proverbs 21.20 in the NLT. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Let me say that again. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Fools spend whatever they get. So get that now. It's very interesting to, 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 to hear it like this because most, not just Christians, most Americans are in heavy credit card debt. Heavy credit card debt. 90 some percent of Americans are in debt like that. And so it's a sign of foolishness because that means that they've gone beyond, they've gone beyond their means, right? And they've spent not just what they had, they've spent more than they have. They've spent more than they have. Obviously, credit cards were not around in Bible times. So you can't write, fools spend more than they have because there were no credit cards. But now, it's gone beyond this. Fools don't just spend all they have, they spend more than they have. So that's number six. Fools spend everything they get. There's no reserve. There's no savings, right? There's, There's nothing left over. The Bible says that's a foolish thing. That's a foolish thing. Um... You know, I know, I know that um, I mentioned him earlier in the broadcast, and I'll, I'll, say, I'll mention him again now. I know that Dave Ramsey is a controversial figure in the, in the Christian world. Some people love him. Other people think, you know, he's a fool. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't like listening to his teachings. Uh, they think the way that, you know, that he uh, teaches it is, is either too, too uh, safe or other people think he's not in faith enough or wh- whatever they may think about him. Um, but one thing I do appreciate about Dave Ramsey's teachings, and I've read many of his books. I've read like five of his books, and I don't know how many that he's put out, but I've read at least five. I think he has like seven out. And so um, one thing I do appreciate, it's not like I, I don't know who I'm talking about. He uses the wisdom of what the Bible says. So this would be the first one. Fools spend everything they get. So the first thing he's telling people is don't spend everything you have. First of all, if you've got things hanging over your head that are causing you to spend everything you have, get rid of those things. Now, he tells people that straight out. You have three cars sitting in the driveway, sell them. Sell them now. Get out from under them as quickly as possible. All this stuff that you've got coming, you're spending all you have, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And so, uh, you know, teaching people to it just, first, thing, first things first, start an emergency fund. What does that mean? It means that you're no longer spending all that you have. And if you've ever gone through Financial Peace University, if you've ever read the Total Money Makeover, uh, Guide to Money, anything that he's done, then you'll know the first thing that he encourages every person to do, every person that's going through his program, is to start a $1,000 emergency fund. Everybody that that goes through the program. So he says, if you don't have $1,000 extra now, sell things that you own until you have it. Do a yard sale. Get rid of stuff. Sell stuff there's in your house. Do odd jobs, drive for a week with Uber, uh, deliver people's groceries, deliver some pizzas, whatever you can do, get that $1,000 set to the side. What is it? It's the beginning of your 
emergency fund. Why? Because he's trying to get it into people's minds. A fool is the one who spends all they have. Here's something that'll blow your mind. Did you know they found out that the majority of Americans, if they had, now listen how small this is, a $500 emergency, $500, that they would have to put that emergency on a credit card because they don't have the extra money to cover the $500 emergency. That's like 80 some or 90 some percent of Americans. I have to look back at his book to see the exact statistic. But think about that, $500 and people don't have the cash extra to pay that emergency, has to go on a credit card. You know why? They've overextended themselves like the Bible says a fool does. A fool does. Jess Burton says you often have to have funds available to quickly be obedient to the Lord's instruction and that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so I know people that, that want to give him a hard time and say that, you know, he's out of faith or he's not, but he's, he's number one, a Christian. He's going, operating by biblical principles, teaching people to be givers, but also teaching people to do what the Bible says. There's a reason that the Bible says that the borrower is a slave to the lender. The borrower is a slave to the lender. I thank God for this, and I'm, and I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on God. This ministry that you're watching today, in everything that we've done, I don't care if it's TV around the world, TV in the United States, I don't care if it's the places we have, the equipment we have, the gear, the staff, we have no debt, zero debt, zero debt. We don't owe anybody anything, and I thank God for that. That's not me bragging on me, that's the Lord. That's the Lord who has blessed us. We have zero debt. Moving forward to the launch of this church, we've never had debt, but we have zero debt as we, even as we move forward to the launch of this church. All the equipment, all the gear, everything we needed, zero debt. I'm going to keep, I want to stay that way. Why? Because when you get into it, you become a slave to the lender, according to scripture. According to scripture. And so fools spend all that they have. And finally, uh, in, Proverbs, in Psalm 14, the 14th Psalm. Let me give you this last one before we pray, because this is obviously why your life is so important right here. Proverbs 14 and verse one. This is number seven. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. There is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. Look at that. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. So fools deny the existence of God. That's what the, the 14th Psalm says. Fools deny the existence of God. And what, according to the 14th Psalm and the first verse, what does the, how does that um, manifest in their life? The way it manifests is because they are corrupt. They do abominable deeds and none of them does good. So the fact their deeds show that they don't believe there's a God because of what they do. Abominable deeds, corruption. They live like there's no God. Um, as much as I'm praying for Dr. Jordan Peterson, some of you may know who he is, some may not know who he is. Dr. Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist from the University of Toronto. Uh, number seven is, number seven is, um, fools deny the existence of God. 
Dr. Peterson is a clinical psychologist, University of Toronto. He teaches psychology, and um, now he's obviously a, a popular author, uh, and, and he tours as, as um, a public intellectual, gives lectures publicly in arenas uh, and things. Um, and he's been questioned many times because he's done a lot of lectures um, about the Bible, the books of the Bible, the history of Christianity and, and religion. And so he's been questioned many times about, you know, are you a Christian? His wife converted to Christianity, and recently his daughter converted to Christianity. And he becomes very emotional when he's asked the question about whether or not he uh, is a Christian. Or even if he believes in God, right? Do you believe in God literally? Do you believe there's a God? And he always says, I don't like that question. I don't like that question from a, a psychological, uh, because he, he is a, a practicing clinical psychologist, but from, from that psychological standpoint, he doesn't like it because it's almost too large of a question in his mind to answer. But what he does say is this, I try to live as though I do. What does that mean? It means the exact opposite of what Psalm 14.1 says, because people who say there is no God they're the ones who live corrupt, uh, in a corrupt way, abominable deeds, all that. So what Jordan Peterson is actually saying is, there's probably people who say they believe there is a God, but their words are empty. In fact, I listened to him talking to a Muslim uh, last night on a, on a video, spent an hour and a half talking to a Muslim, and the Muslim, who is also an intellectual, was asking him and penetrating questions about this. And uh, one of the things that he was saying was, um, you know, do you believe there's one true creator? Do you believe there's one true God and everything? And again, that answer is, you know, there's a lot of people that say they do, but their life doesn't line up with that. Their life doesn't line up with that. They say they believe it, but if they do, how come they don't live like there is one, right? That's the whole point. That's the whole point of, Psalm 14, is that uh, people, fools, who say there is no God are those who live like there's not one. And so do you realize that you could say with your actions that you don't believe there is one? And I believe there are people that do live like there is no God, and it's a foolish way to live, even if they say they do. You know, there's people, whether or not you know this, you know, there are there are three religions, obviously, that believe in, uh, in the, the God that we consider the, the, the God of, of Judeo-Christian history, right? There's Jews, uh, Christians, and Muslims who all claim to believe in a, uh, you know, they're, they're monotheistic. They believe in one God. But all of them have people within their groups, Jews, Christians, and Muslims, who if you ask them, do you believe there's one true God? Oh yeah, absolutely there is. There's one true God. But how come then there's groups in all three of those religions that live like there is no God? Why are there Jews who live like there is no God? Why are there Christians who live like there is no God? Why are there Muslims who live like there is no God? Because they're obviously... Whether they, whether they say they do or not, their life proves whether or not they do. Because, and that's why Jordan Peterson said, I, I don't know, but I live like, I want to live like there is. 
Because in his mind, that's the truest proof that you have belief, that it affects your actions. Absolutely, that's what the Bible teaches. That's exactly what the Bible teaches. And that's what we, we need to be aware of. This is why I say your, your life is so important, so vital. Why? Because you have the task of calling others to Christ. You have the task of calling others to Christ. So the reason, why, why do we need to live, in fact, let, let me read you one more before we, uh, before we pray. Because people don't realize this, you are called and commanded to live as a wise person. Called and commanded So first, I'll read you two verses. Um, first is in First uh, Peter five, and the second is in Ephesians five. But let me read these to you. Number one, First Peter five, starting in verse six: Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him. He cares for you. Be sober-minded. Look at that. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, resist him. So we're called to be sober-minded and we're called to be watchful. But look at Ephesians 5. This is so powerful. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise but as wise. Listen to the New Living Translation. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Doing what? Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. There it is. How can you properly live like a wise person? Because there's the command, don't live like fools, live like those are wise. By making the most of every opportunity and understanding what the Lord wants you to do. Not to be drunk with wine, that's, that is excess, or this, this is, that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the wisest thing you can do is know what the Lord wants you to do and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? To accomplish your purpose. And everyone watching me today has a powerful purpose that you're called to accomplish. Every one of you. Every one of you. And so I want to pray for you today at the end of this broadcast and believe God with you. Of course, I'm, I'm not obviously thinking that you're, you're fools. But I am at, I'm asking the Lord, like we said at the beginning of this broadcast, give us wisdom in these final days. Give us wisdom to do what we're called to do, to accomplish our purpose. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, I pray for every person watching, those that are listening on the podcast, I ask you in Jesus' name, just like your word declares in James chapter 1, that you would give us divine wisdom. Your word declares that if we ask you for it, you'll not deny us and you won't rebuke us for asking, that you will give that wisdom. And so, Lord, we ask you for a liberal measure of wisdom in our lives, supernatural wisdom. Give us access to your ways and your thoughts as you did to Moses and give us access to divine ideas. Give us the ability to make the most in every opportunity as you've commanded us to do. Open doors for us. Use us to impact our generation. We refuse to live like fools 
as we see the coming of the Lord drawing close to us. We want to be those that are wise. We want to accomplish your will on the earth in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for that. We give you praise for that in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.